Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Homewrecker Podcast. I am the Golden Greek Alex Arion. I'm joined, as always, by my beautiful, lovely, gorgeous, amazing trophy wife, Monique. You're looking incredibly beautiful today. Thank you. Hello. Hello. How are you? I am absolutely fabulous. Thank you. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. All right. (laughs) Thank you. Just uh, trying to get over how great you look. Aw, thank you. She's my wife. I love her. What can I say? Thank goodness for that, right? Yes. So we're back again. Mm-hmm. That's what we do. We come back as often as we can yeah. on the show. And this time we're going to talk about something that's kind of, well, it's it's along the lines of what we typically talk about, the kind of yeah. stuff that we talk about. It's a little different though. I'm going to warn everybody ahead of time. I may get a little sappy during this episode. Because this was like really, I guess we should probably tell everybody what we're talking about. Yeah. We watched a documentary called Witness of Another World. And it's it's basically, it's a UFO abductee kind of story. Which I don't think, have we ever, we haven't really talked about any of that kind of stuff yet on this show, have we? We did Betty and Barney Hill. Well, yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So I guess we have. I, yeah. Sorry, I used to get hit in the head a lot, so I forget <laughs> these things. Now, this this uh, this documentary came out in 2018, mm-hmm. and we watched it on Amazon Prime. So yeah. if you have Amazon, you can, and you're a Prime member, you can also watch it there as well. And it's about a gentleman by the name of Juan Perez, mm-hmm. who had a abduction experience encounter encounter. (laughs) and i don't know if it's necessarily like abduction abduction but it was an encounter uh with what seems to be possibly aliens they kept calling it the phenomenon yeah in in the in the film well because of everything that happens after right and the way the documentary goes it kind of makes sense to put it that way i guess yeah i guess so now so I guess, do you want to explain the encounter? Sure. So now it takes place in Argentina. Yeah. So in Argentina, when Juan Perez was 12 years old, his father told him to go out and find the herd of horses that, I guess, were out in the field. So he got on this his- This was their horses. Yeah. They okay. had a farm, I, I guess. He got on his horse and he went through some type of fog- And he saw lights in the sky. And I guess something happened and the horse got spooked. So they went back to the house and his father's like, get back out there. Go get the horses. So while he was out there, he sees this UFO land on the ground. And this door opens and there's this being. And I guess it was referred to not necessarily in this documentary, but in his story as a giant. So I think it was seven feet tall. And it was in some kind of suit uh, with a breathing apparatus and had gloves on. And he ended up, like, I guess it told him to, like, come forward, like, come closer. And there was a ladder that came down from the ship. So he tied his horse to the ladder and he entered the ship. While inside the ship, he said that he saw what looked like a boy or another person cutting meat. 
Uh, he saw a control area, like a panel, but he, he tried to get through and he couldn't. It was like glass was there, something stopping him from being able to get through. And he was told that they had to go take care of something. He got spooked. He got off the ship, got his horse. The being giant, what, what have you, I guess, came down and grabbed him by the arm Um, and I guess he asked, like, can I have proof so I can tell people that you're real? And, uh, the, the being gave a glove. And I guess according to his story, and this was not mentioned in the documentary, but according to his story that's been published elsewhere, the hand was green with long metallic fingernails. The boy tried to leave. And I guess the being grabbed him and dug his nails into him. And in the documentary, they mentioned he still has a scar, like one of the things from this encounter. And I guess he ran off. He got on his horse. He ran off. And then as the ship went by, there was some kind of magnet and it pulled the glove out of his hands. And because of this, he was traumatized. And he started having dreams where he was seeing the future. He became clairvoyant through his dreams. And he felt like nobody was going to believe him. And because of that, it traumatized him. And this was, this was back in 1978. And then the documentary was made in 2018. And he still, like, just thinking about everything, you could see the trauma. You could feel it. And it was very heartbreaking. Yeah, a minute ago when you were talking about the being grabbing him and giving him, a, I, I'm, I'm obviously people listening can't see, but I was motioning to my arm. He, it shows several times he touches the side of his arm where you can see he's got the little scar that's there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the thing that got me most about the, this is why I, I kind of said I might get I might get a little emotional is you could tell that this guy has gone through some stuff oh yeah you can just see i'm trying to figure out a way to properly express this and put it into words but you could just see looking into his eyes and just hearing him talk and he wasn't speaking in english what he was saying was subtitled mm-hmm. because he was he was speaking in spanish right Is yeah that it sounded like spanish? spanish i believe yeah i believe spanish and you could just see looking into his eyes and just the way he was speaking you could tell this was somebody that was very sincere and has gone through years of mental, emotional anguish and pain. But mm-hmm. you could just tell that this was like a, and he's now, he's my age, right? He's got to be 43, 44 years old, right around there because he had the experience when he was 12. No, no, no. Way. This happened in 1978 and he was 12. So he's about 13 years older than you. Oh. Oh, okay. Yeah, September 6th, 1978. Okay, so I apologize. I, I My timeline's all messed up. See, that's how much I got hit in the head <laughs> many years ago. That makes it even worse then. Uh, that makes me even more sad for the guy. Um, but yeah, he, he's just, he's a mess. Yeah, he's an emotional he's... mess. And, and you could just tell, like, this guy has been through some stuff. Mm-hmm. And just looking into his eyes and the way he's talking, especially at the kind of the beginning of the film, when he's like kind of relaying some of his experiences and the traumas and stuff that he's been through. And and you can just tell this guy has, he almost seems like he's still that 12 year old kid. 
I, I think I, what I, happens is, yeah, like when it comes to... He just seems to me like he's still kind of emotionally oh, and yeah. mentally, he's still almost like just still that 12-year-old kid is still there. Because it's those memories and those feelings of those memories, I think, are, are what's kind of coming back. So when something really traumatic happens to you, uh, I think for some people, it's like you're just in your mind living it over and over. And it's hard, even if you're an adult, to realize like, no, I'm an adult now. There's nothing to be afraid of. And it wasn't even necessarily fear of what happened. It was fear of people not believing him, fear of people thinking he's crazy. Uh, Once he started having clairvoyant dreams, uh, people not believing him. And that was his biggest fear is people not believing him. And I really related to that. Um, Like, listening to him, watching him, I was like, I didn't go through what you went through, but man, I know what it feels like. I was a little girl and I talked to trees and rocks and, (laughs) you know, I saw things and talked to everyone and everything. And I have lucid dreams and I see things in my dreams, see things that come to fruition. And for the longest time, anytime I talked to like peers about it, it was like, oh, that's weird. You're weird. Kind of that thing. And as I got older and I got into tarot and everything, it was kind of looked on like, okay, freak. And I never felt like I fit in. I felt like I just didn't belong. I could have friends, but I never felt like I really fit in. And I felt judged by people. And I felt like they think I'm crazy. So I stopped talking about stuff because I didn't want people thinking I'm crazy. I know I'm not crazy. I know that, you know, I can talk to my spirit guides and talk to other energies. And I know that I can do and see things in my dreams. And, uh, you know, I'm special in that way. I have gifts. But when you're younger and the people around you judge you, it does give a fear. And for him, having such an experience, it was like my heart broke for him. Like, it, it was so sad. Yeah, that was my, that was that was the thing. Like, I felt so bad for the guy. I just wanted to, like, hug him. I, I, I was going <laughs> to, yeah, I kind of felt the same way. Like, geez, this poor guy has been through hell. Mm-hmm. Just, and I think a lot of it's just self-imposed just because of the way he was feeling and how, the fear that he had of being ridiculed and, not accepted by his community. Yeah, it was it was just pretty it's just so heartbreaking. Uh but I think that the they did a really good job of mm-hmm. telling this guy's story and kind of the the filmmaker um uh Alan Stre- Strovelman? Strivelman? Strivelman, I think. Strivelman. 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 I, I apologize. I'm probably messing that up, but uh, he, I felt like he really wanted to help he, him. Yeah, you could tell he he really wanted to help this mm-hmm. guy out, and I think that just, I think he did because yeah, I mean, oh, by, yeah. by the end of the film, I, who knows how long? The, I don't think it ever said how long the film took place took over, place over yeah. or anything like that. But I want to say it had to be at least a few months. I would mm-hmm. think you could definitely tell the progression. Well, this guy got let's explain what had happened like how things progressed so this guy is living alone i mean he's in solitude he has his own little farm he has dogs he hunts um and he talked a lot about his grandfather and how important his grandfather was to him 
And so the director went to Paraguay to um, the, the a tribe from his lineage. Uh, his ancestors came from a specific tribe and he went there and he talked to them. He talked to the shaman and they started explaining like, no, he's not crazy because this is like some people are basically like sent to be messengers from God and it's um, a messenger of God comes down to give this gift so he can deliver a message. And it was basically saying that he's not crazy and this is really important and it's special. And, and this is very like paraphrasing long story short. Um, and it was very beautiful listening to the shaman and there was a song, one of the shaman saying, and um, it, it was really lovely. And he, the director came back and showed him the video and like you could see a difference right there for him and just like and sometimes that's all it is like oh my god I'm not crazy there's other people like me and it, it makes you feel so bad like you wish he was just in that village in the first place so you wouldn't have to go through all this but you and I had a conversation uh this evening after we watched this documentary and one of the things that we were talking about was you know Oh, kind of like sometimes you wish that you got to somewhere in your life sooner than you did. But I believe that everything you go through in life, it has to be that way. All the traumas you go through, all the rough times you go through, all the good things, it's because that's your path. Whether good things happen, bad things happen, things you need to be challenged in life. And it's your job to overcome these things. And so that's your journey. So as much as like you're watching this documentary and your heart's breaking for this guy and you just wish that he never had to go through that and he was around people who understood and comforted him and told him like, no, this is a good thing and this is, you're special. Um, you know, I, I kind of look at it like, but this was his path. And if he didn't go through this, just even on like the minute scale of, we wouldn't have watched the documentary because there wouldn't have been one and we wouldn't be talking about it. Not saying that's why everything happened, but I'm just saying like it's the butterfly effect. It ripples out everywhere. Sure. And he, he talked, one of the things that he talked about, uh, one of his dreams that he had where they were kind of theorizing he was maybe seeing the end of the world mm-hmm. was coming. Well, I kind of took that in two different ways. Well, again, you could take it as that or you could take it as... You go ahead and explain how you... So it. the female shaman that they were talking to talked about the blackness and you see darkness coming upon you. But then once you go through it, it's light. And that's where you get a message. So I think it kind of feels like he's seeing this darkness coming. But then I thought back to what she said and maybe I misinterpreted it, but... I kind of took it as like, that's his door coming to open for for him. And he's going to go through the darkness, kind of like how he went through the fog. He's going to go through this darkness and then there will be light for him. That's how I kind of took that. Yeah. that's And then the other way was <laughs> taking it as the end of the world. Mm-hmm. And that's, he's seeing that. And because there was another part where they talked about that. And when that time comes, he kind of, transcends he moves on and he'll be elsewhere after that yeah yeah so very 
very good. And they, they had uh, Dr. Jacques Vallée mm-hmm. was, a, was a big part of the movie as well. He initially interviewed young Juan back after he had first had his experience. Mm-hmm. So his story was pretty, it's pretty well known among yeah. people that follow this kind of stuff. I had heard of it many, many years ago, but never, I, I never knew all of these other things that obviously you learn when you watch a movie dedicated just to this. Yeah. Uh, and I never knew, obviously, the heartache and pain that this guy was still going through. I mean, he's been alone this yeah. entire time. Uh, d- doesn't have a, a companion of any kind, not a, you know, not, not married he, or doesn't yeah, have a girlfriend, nothing like alone. that. I, I, it said like he traveled from village to village. He, yeah. Yeah. And when they showed his his farm that he has, just a small little house that he has. He's just by himself with his dogs and He has I like mean, goats they, and you chickens. you look around when they were outside, there's not a neighbor in sight. There's mm-hmm. nobody even close. But that's the thing. He he wanted to be in solitude he wanted because to be, he's right. so traumatized from it and it's yeah. so heartbreaking. Yeah, it was it was pretty yeah, pretty crazy. But uh, yeah, you just yeah, li- heartbreaking. I guess is the best way to say it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But again, like I said, it's just something about this guy. I, I, you got to watch the the, the film. I, I I honestly we watched the trailer at first, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, this looks like it could be okay. And like I said, I'd heard of the story, you know, many years prior. Uh, I wasn't expecting what we got though, because it was very just like. I don't know. It wasn't. It wasn't like anything super crazy exciting. It's but not it was that anything very super crazy exciting happened. But he ended up going to Paraguay. Yeah. And went to the village and spoke with the shaman. And basically, it was like every nobody leave him alone. Like everyone stay with him because he's still very. I guess fragile, I think is a good way to put it Yeah. with everything. Like the whole village, like they took care of him. They were, yeah. you know, including him in everything. And I was, I remember like watching it and just thinking, I, man, I could live there. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. So simple. Like they live in <laughs> huts yes. and it's so simple, but I'm like, I could totally like give up everything and just go live with these people. And it's funny because I was thinking the exact same thing watching. I'm just thinking, I'm going, you know, man, life like that is just, that's, so, yeah. It's so simple. It's you're with the people you love and care about. You wake up, you make some food, you go out, you play, you enjoy nature, you yeah. enjoy being with your loved ones, and then you eat again and you go to sleep at night. Yeah. Rinse, repeat. How? I mean, that's life. That's living so right simple. there. Like I would that, totally yeah. give up like, everything in civilization to just have that. Yeah. And just be. But part of it is because of the people in the village, and it's like together. And yeah. that's what I think is so awesome is just having like everyone support each other. And that's true community. That's true. Yeah. We're in this together. Not this bullshit they peddle nowadays. Yeah. We're in this together. Yeah, fuck off. <laughs> All right. I just, sorry. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> I was going to try to get through a, sh- a show without mentioning any of this nonsense, but uh, what can I, what can I say? Alrighty then. So, yeah, but I just thought like I could still live there. And so they ended up, they had a ritual because part of it is what they do is they have the name he was given, but then they find his ancestral name. Yes. And so there's this ceremony that's done and he partook in it. And um, what was, it was. Um, oh, goodness. It was, it was cool. It was beautiful. It was definitely, definitely fitting. I can't remember it now. I'm sorry. 
it, it was messenger it was, from heaven or something. So, it like was something that. along those lines. Yeah, it yeah. was. It was very fitting for but for him. Seeing him too when he was there and that relief of like these people get it. Yeah, I'm he was like crazy. a whole new person. It was. It was weird. You could almost see the transformation in his face. Yeah. It almost looked like he, uh, not aged, but almost like he lost ten years of age. He almost looked oh younger gosh, and yeah. happier and just it, so much more like full of life. It's like you could physically see yeah. this like weight off of him. Yes, and like more life brought into him. Yeah, and uh, and I, you know, it, it was like in his skin, in his eyes, like yeah. in his smile. And then this time, like when he was crying, it was because he was happy. Yeah. And it's like you you get so happy for him and you're like, yay. And again, I want to jump through the TV and hug this guy. Yeah. Yeah. And it, when they had, I mentioned Jacques Villy, when, when they had him come back to see him and talk mm-hmm. to him and he was just happy to see him because it was a familiar face mm-hmm. who listened to him when, when he was telling his story yeah. all those years back and didn't judge him and just took it for what it was and, yeah. and it was it was great hearing um dr valley speak about the initial time when he spoke to mm-hmm. him back when he was 12 and just explaining how everything he said was so what was the word well he so used? he said it was helpful because his wife was a child psychologist yeah yeah and yeah. when children describe things they're not it's kind of like they just say you know, you know, from the mouth they, they, of babes, they just tell it like they it just is. tell it right. Thank you. Yeah, no, no, uh, no room for interpretation. Exactly. They're or not, adding in their own commentary. They just give you the facts. Yeah. And that's that's essentially what he did. And especially during something traumatizing, because right. kids are just kind of they see what's going on and they just tell you what they saw. Right. Adults sometimes embellish or they take their interpretation of something that it might not be. So. Yeah, and and Doctor Valise said that he didn't get you know he got this kid and he got He's, complete facts of what happened. He got the description of, of everything and very it was clear. very clear, and you could tell the kid was being sincere and he wasn't lying to him or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And then when they both saw each other again, the kids like well the kid Juan who's now in his fifties yeah. right looks at at Doctor Valise and says you look the, you look exactly the same. I don't look the same. I've put on a lot of weight, but <laughs> you look exactly the same. It's just kind of a cool yeah. thing, you know, and it's all in subtitles, but you can tell yeah. by their, the way they're talking because Dr. Valley is speaking to him in, in his native language and they're mm-hmm. kind of talking back and forth. You can just tell that there, there's genuine happiness there and just like a, a familiarity from Juan and just, it was just really cool to see. Like the, the, the whole, it, it's just such a simple thing, but it was just so beautiful to see. Oh, yeah. I think that's that's the big takeaway from it. Just seeing how how much impact people's opinions and views can have on you if you allow them to. Yeah. Now, granted, this particular situation, this is like a once in a... This doesn't happen to everybody. So this obviously isn't common. But, but they brought up two. They had, what was it, two other guys who had encounters that very same day. Yeah. Same day, same year. So that same day, there were two other men who had encounters. One uh, was a young, not a super young boy, but a boy. He was riding his bicycle. And the other one was, I think, a teenager driving a car. And it was what they said was um, because we didn't mention 
one of the doctors who also helped Juan when he was a child uh, came back and he was able to do um, hypnotherapy with him and he had him go back and he's like, are you afraid? And like Juan's like, nope. And like every time he'd ask, are you afraid? And when he got upset, he got upset because his horse got hurt at one point. Um, and then he also at the very end of it said he saw his grandfather and he got upset because he was happy. It wasn't like he was upset because he was afraid. He was happy to see his grandfather. So when they're talking about these two other guys and their story, it was mentioned that of the three on the same day when this happened, the other two guys were afraid. Juan was the only one who wasn't. And part of that, they kind of portrayed like that's part of him being selected. You know what I mean for this gift? Because he wasn't afraid. So what I was trying to say was you can see the impact that other people's opinions, comments will have on somebody, especially at a young age like that. So it was just pretty interesting to see that and just to see, I mean, yeah, not everybody's had an alien abduction experience or some kind of a experience like that to be ridiculed, but just seeing the the effect of people's comments or just people may not have even done that then, but just the fear of it is what led him to live a life of solitude for so many years until somebody, this filmmaker decided, I'm going to go, this guy's story interests me. I'm going to go see what's going on with him yeah. and, and talk to him. And cause I guess he'd heard that he was living alone in solitude because of the, trauma from the experience and so he wanted to go and just kind of help this guy out and, and I think he did and yeah. what brought him out of everything was just community and interaction with other people who accepted him and didn't mm-hmm. judge him and treat him cruelly and that was just basically people who didn't think he was crazy yeah just people that accepted him mm-hmm. and, and took what he said and didn't judge him for it and said yeah. okay that's, and what, that's what happened we understand yeah. So I just thought it was just a really, really simple story, but it's so moving and impactful. You just see it's humanity. I mean, we're we're human beings. We're meant to be together. We're meant to share experiences with one another. We're meant to love one another. We're meant to support each other. We're meant to support each other. and, And you could see what happens when one of us decides that we're being shunned or or we have been shunned or whatever you see the effect it has on somebody and and just seeing the effect it had on this guy was just it was heartbreaking but i'm so glad that it ended up the way that it did it's just it's sad that it took so long for it to get there but he's where he is now he's in a better place Uh and that's it was just it was just a beautiful thing to see but it just hit home especially with what's going on now you can't do this to people this is not living this is not humanity this is not civilization keeping people isolated from one another yeah. granted we're currently with well, our families like most of us but to him he was he was doing, doing it, it to himself. himself right but i'm just saying you see the effect that that solitude has on a person oh yeah i think that's that's what i'm that's what i'm getting but at. i think part of the problem and, and maybe especially years ago um is things that are so out of the ordinary, they do. They look at like you're a joke to a lot of people. I think even nowadays, you know, 
I, I, people are coming around being more open to things, but there's so much that people shun and they joke about because it make. I think it's because it makes them uncomfortable. That that's how I look at it. So you know, if you say anybody that jokes or that judges you or pokes fun at you or anything like that because you're different, it's their own insecurities that are coming out. And they're they're projecting them onto you. Mm-hmm. Why do you think so many? Any, I mean, and that goes for just about anything. If you're trying to do something different than the norm, whether that be I don't know, starting a new hobby, going starting your own business, start whatever it is, something that's not the norm. Typically, you'll get the oh, okay, yeah, that's cool, or you might get the yeah, you'll never make it, or what are you thinking? It's it's people project their insecurities onto you because you are trying to get better than what they're perceiving their lot in life is. You're trying to better yourself. And a lot of people, unfortunately, they look down on that. But that aside, like if somebody comes out and says, I was adopted by a UFO. There's still going to be a lot of people who think you're crazy. Yeah, okay, because aliens exist and they get sarcastic or they get mean. I think nowadays you might get you might be more inclined to get people to believe you nowadays. Yeah, but there's still a lot of You're still going to get a lot of people that, that don't believe it. But go back 30 years. Go oh, back yeah. 40 years especially. I mean, look at so many movies that portray like people who say they're abductive aliens are a joke. A lot of these people get laughed at because they come out and say this happened. Now, whether it really happened or not, like... I there's always going to be some people who do it for attention, even if it's negative. Sure. But a lot of people, they do, they go into seclusion when something happens to them that's so out of the norm. Or even like in general, when people are psychic or, you know, they read forms of divination and people shun them. And, you know, that happened to me. Like you read tarot and it, I mean, it still happens. I get that judgment from some people. And it just took a long time to finally be like, yeah, and I am who I am and I don't care if you like it or not. Like that took a long time to get there. But not everyone does and not everyone, you know, has gone through something where they're able to get over that hill as quickly, I guess. And it's just really sad because even if you don't understand something, it shouldn't mean make fun of somebody or shun them for it. Because it's weird to you. Agreed. <laughs> so so just take take that lesson. Be nice. Be nice to people for crying out loud. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think that this documentary, uh, I was not familiar with Juan Perez's story. Didn't know anything about it. And we watched the trailer and I was like, okay, yep, I want to watch this. I just like, I felt like, okay, yeah, this needs to be watched. Yeah, I, I was I was actually surprised that you were like, okay, yeah. Really? Like, oh, all right. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was kind of half expecting you to be like, nah, I'm not really in the mood for this one. Nah, it doesn't really look like something interesting to me. Mm-hmm. And and honestly, like when we started it, the first couple of minutes, I was like, this this feels really slow. And and it, I mean, that's it kind of kept that pace the entire time. I didn't but, feel that way. But, well, no, but, I, but what I mean is, it's a story about a guy who was had an abduction experience. Mm-hmm. So you're, I guess, going into it, I was expecting it to be more 
recreations of things, seeing drawings of beings or pictures, you know, that, the stuff that you typically see in these kind of things. It was really not much of that they at all. They had some recreation of one as a boy. Yeah, yeah. But like I said, it wasn't really much of that at no. all. It, it was more just kind of... Which I liked. Because, it actually yeah. ended up being really good. That, that's what I'm trying to explain. It was... It, I had a certain expectation going in and it ended up being completely different yeah. from what I thought it would be. And, and I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I like the way that they did it. They had some recreations, but it was small and it wasn't everything because I wanted to know about Juan. Like, I want his story. I want to see where he's at. So, yeah. So that is uh, Witness from Another World. Witness so, of. Oh, excuse me. Witness of Another World. Of Another World. My bad. Before we watched Witness of Another World, I watched the top 10 UFO sightings. So we've been talking (laughs) about UFO sightings. And one of the things I want to start doing is looking up uh, more New England stuff. Because I think there's stories from like the 1600s in Massachusetts. So that's really interesting. So that's something I'm going to keep researching on. Yeah, we'll we'll definitely, we'll do like a a UFO, another UFO show in the in the future but there was a bunch of them that that i was just like these are top 10 uh, i was just kind of again any, anytime you get one of these list shows or yeah. list kind of it's things, it's, all, it's all subjective yeah. it's all people's opinions and whatever um but yeah it was just that's what i was watching before we watched this you kind of came into the room towards the tail end of it and, and i was like oh we'll watch you want to watch this I, I think maybe that also kind of weighed a little bit on what I was expecting going into it because I just finished watching this documentary with all these different UFO sightings and stuff like that. And then going into watching something about a somebody that had a, a UFO experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I don't know. Another topic, um, probably when we talk about um, UFO encounters in New England, I found out actually from our friends at Chasing Ghosts on Scooters in Bars podcast, uh, a story about the town right next to us, Goffstown, New Hampshire, had a UFO encounter back in the 70s. So, a UFO encounter? What, the whole town had an encounter? No, this person had an encounter. Oh, okay. You Uf- said, well, you said Goffstown. Okay. A woman <laughs> driving in Goffstown had a UFO encounter. I just want to make sure we're being clear for the yeah. audience is all. So I'll, I'll bring I know up. what you meant, but somebody well, else, somebody in Australia may not understand what you're talking about. Well, thank you for pointing out all of my flaws. You don't have many flaws. I love you. <laughs> I love you too. He knows how to make it better. <laughs> <laughs> I try. You sweet talker, I you. Try. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it just made me think of like trying to move things on to a lighter subject. So we're watching TV last night. Oh, geez. And um, I wanted to go get a snack. So I asked him to <laughs> pause it. Like, can you pause it? And what I were couldn't... we watching? I can't remember what we were watching now. Club Dread, because it's an awesome movie. We need to talk about that movie on this show soon. (laughs) Love that movie. But so I couldn't think of what the remote was called, and I wanted it paused. So the first thing that pops in my brain is the pause machine. And it was so funny because I was going to keep that to myself because I didn't say it out loud. And I'm like, no, I'll tell him. 
And I I'm told so him, glad you did. <laughs> he was laughing so hard because sometimes you know how you're just your brain can't think of a word of something, and it kind of tries to put something else together. That pause machine. The pause machine. Can you get the pause machine? <laughs> Not even like, like the pause button or the remote. Like what? <laughs> I had him in stitches. Yeah, I was, it, <laughs> it was I, great. My face hurts right now from smiling because, yeah. Mine it is was, too. It was, it was good. Thinking it was about funny. it, like part of what made me think about it and bring it up is just that being afraid to tell people things and feeling judged. And it was like, he might think I'm a total moron if I say that and never let me live it down. But because I trust him, I figured he's either going to find it funny or stupid. It's one or the other. Not a big deal. And he laughed a lot. So sometimes you kind of have to put yourself out there. Well, you gotta, you, you, you also have it kind of easy because remember, I used to fake fight guys in my underwear. So <laughs> you're not I used to real fight guys in my underwear. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> I was kidding. I was trying to be funny. Oh. I used yeah. to fight guys, not in my underwear though. Like real fight. All right. Anyhow. Yeah, so you're not going to say anything that's going to make me feel or that's going to be sillier than what I used to do for fun. So Good that, to know. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah, no. It it was it was a funny funny line. It's still funny thinking about it. Everybody else is probably like, "What? What's wrong with these people?" Yeah, I don't care. I don't care either. As you can tell, I've, you know, kind of gotten to the point of I don't care, whatever. Judge me, think whatever you want of me. It's your problem, not mine. I heard this a long time ago, and it it is so true. What you think of me is none of my business. Very good. Because really, I don't care. I don't care what you think of me. Yeah. Just like you you probably shouldn't care what I think of you. Live your life for you. Mm -hmm. That's all. Yep. You do you, baby. Yeah. You do it's, you. It's very difficult to offend me by saying something about me or anything. Mm-hmm. I know who I am. I know what I do. I know what I stand for. If you, well, if you get offended by something I say or think or feel, see, like for that's me, not my problem. That's your problem. But like for me, it's not that I got offended by what others think. It's just I always wanted to please everybody. I wanted to be everybody's friend. I wanted to make everybody happy and I wanted to fix everything and make everything better for everybody. And so if somebody wasn't happy with something I did or, you know, they didn't like me for whatever reason, it was hard because it's like I'm really nice and I'm not mean and... I don't understand like what their problem is with me. And it was really hard. And it took, you know, how many ever years to get to the point of like, eh, whatever, I don't care. And it, it was weird because it was like not something, it, it took a little bit of time, but I kind of just got to a point and I'm like, whatever. Yeah. I mean, you have to get to that point where you just, you have to realize you're never going to please everybody. Yeah. You're never going to be on the same page as everybody else. Everybody is different. Everybody believes different things for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. That's why I always try to tell our kids, live your life for you. Don't don't worry about what other people think. Don't yeah. do something because somebody else is doing it or somebody else expects you to do it. Mm-hmm. Do it because you want to do it. Believe what you want to believe and question everything. Indeed. Everything. On that note, 
Where can people find us on social media? On social media, we're on Twitter at Homewrecker Podcast. On Instagram, Homewrecker. Oh, oh, I said it reversed. We're on Twitter. Let me try that again. No, 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 no. Hold on. I say the social media. But you didn't. You just ran right over me on that. Well, you didn't. I was waiting. How long were you waiting for? Would you? Well, like, two like, seconds. Point two milliseconds. I think it was like two seconds. It didn't Jeez. flow. You paused, and I thought, "Oh, okay, he wants me to do it. We're shaking it up. We're changing things." I guess not. Alrighty then. Take two. I'm not editing this either. No, I'm no, just no. Leave we'll leave it in. in. We're gonna leave I it all care. in. See, because I don't care. There you go. What were we talking about? Social media. <laughs> So, you can find us on social media. We have a Twitter. We do, at Pod. You can also find us on Instagram. Podcast. And we have a website where you can purchase Homewrecker t-shirts. Mm-hmm. And you can also join our forum and interact with us or with anybody else that decides to join the community. We really got to get membership up on that thing. I know. Also, Gosh. I want to see what the And what is the home homewrecker oh. website? www.homewreckerpodcast.com. Okay, now and what I, were you going to say? I want to add with the t-shirts. So like if you're watching my shirt, I have my Darth Vader shirt. I like to take t-shirts and cut them up into tank tops and stuff like this. So if you buy a shirt and you do that, send me a picture. Because I love that stuff. Alex hates it when I do that with shirts. I can't stand it. You He's take like, you're a ruining a good brand shirt. new shirt and you just cut it up. And I'm like, what because are you doing? <laughs> I make it my style. I make it the way I want it to be. And and I should know by now, every single time you do it, it always ends up looking awesome. It looks great. But I still, I just look at it like this shirt, brand new, and you just cut it up. I'm going, what are you doing? And it always looks good anyway, so I should just shut up. But I'm just saying that if you're like me and you're creative, I won't be offended if you cut up our shirts and make them into tank tops, even though you can buy tank tops, but do whatever. But if you do, send me a picture because I want to see. You get on the t-shirt subject. You have this Nightmare on Elm Street shirt that you cut up. Yeah. That is so awesome that there's people that have actually asked if you bought it that way. Yeah, because uh, I cut slits in the back. I actually put my hand on the back to measure the slits to cut so it looks like Freddie is ripping the back of my shirt. I'm going to try to remember to have you put that on for our next podcast okay. so people can actually see it. Obviously, people I've worn it before, be like to, one of but, our earlier episodes, oh, but oh, okay. I don't think we were recording then. Or maybe like early like when we've maybe we do i'll have to go back and see if we have a video of me with the freddy shirt okay anyhow <laughs> totally uh, random sorry so yeah and, and uh, but uh, thank you for the compliment absolutely did you have anything else you wanted to add about the shirts or the website no all right and if you haven't already wherever you listen to your podcast be it itunes or Podbean, stitcher hit the subscribe button and if you don't mind, leave us a five-star review. Helps us to get eyeballs on the show, grow the show, all that good stuff. And we appreciate all of your support. And we, we really hope do. that wherever you are during this ridiculous time in human history, that you are safe and healthy. And I hope that everyone checks out the documentary, Witness of Another World. Yeah, 
absolutely. It's we, really it's, good. It's definitely, I definitely recommend it. Monique obviously does as well. Uh, and until next time. See, I, I waited a little extra time there because I thought, oh, she's going to she's gonna try to change it up. Maybe she's going to say, I've been the trophy wife. <laughs> you know, I thought you were going to try to flip it around and, and mess around with our, our closing. Nope. But, okay. I was just thinking, people are going to like think, what happened to the podcast? What's wrong with these guys today? <laughs> are they having technical difficulties? <laughs> Is it done? I, I am seriously not going to edit anything. I'm leaving in all the ums, Leave it. the uhs, the uncomfortable pauses. Do just it. Just leave them all in this just time. Just do it. Why not? See what happens. Yeah, I don't care. All right. Until next time, I am the Golden Greek Alex Arion. I've been joined, as always, by my beautiful, gorgeous, lovely, amazing... Seriously, gorgeous. Thank you. Trophy wife, Monique. And you've been listening to the Homewrecker Podcast.